Nicole Whitney, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. It's time for Love and Healing Solutions with Beth and Gil. Gil is a highly skilled pastor who raised up two megachurches in Colorado. And Beth is known around the world as a top-flight psychologist, trauma expert and gifted healer and the co-founder of Quantum Technologies, helping people heal all over the world. Together, they inform and inspire people to recycle and repurpose their lives through the currency of healing from breakups and divorce, addiction, failure, loss and change. It's time for solutions. Please welcome Beth and Gil back to News for the Soul. Do we have you on the board? We are on the board. We are here. Yay. I can, which is yeah, helpful. Finally. <laughs> yeah, we're like getting her done, walking through life. How are you doing? I'm doing. How are you doing? <laughs> Same. Yeah, we're right in there, right in there. As a matter of fact, yes. You know, we're uh, we're actually living this, this talk that we're going to give. So um, we are right in there with everybody else looking at, 2024 and wanting to roll into it with super huge hopes and wanting to see those hopes placed in solid sources. So we are, and we are battling that same thing that um, we're talking to our listeners and your listeners about. And what is that thing, pray tell? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, yeah, we're just, we're going to talk today about this, um, this kind of piece of how do I really this whole piece that we're going to deal with probably over the next two or three weeks. There's, we have a book actually that we could, we could give you uh, on it, but this idea of just really rekindling hope, you know, what does that look like? How do I take off into this next year actually being grounded in the right places? And, and, and so really what we talk about today is being really careful about defining hope in a way that is real, <laughs> that's authentic, that's sincere, and that is anchored. And so, you know, the world has has a real clear, we call it, the, you know, the kingdom of the world, right? It has a, a real, um, it's offering you hopes that can actually be, if you're not careful, can be places where it will kill your hope, will also be false, and so we want to talk about those two areas, this kind of kingdom that is set up. And it's set up right away in your life for most of us. It was for me uh, in a family that didn't have a God piece. Um, even if you do have a God piece, mm-hmm. uh, it, can be really, uh, it can be really interesting. Um, but there's these two kingdoms. There's this kingdom of the world that says, here's where your hope ought to be. And we want to be really honest about that and how that can really dash your hopes on the rocks of reality. <laughs> and then there's really a kingdom that um, God offers us. The divine offers another option. And that option, if you can lock and load on it, can actually, in a world that's really tough, can bring this undercurrent of hope that is beautiful, that is real, and that can last. And so we're going to juxtapose those two today. I don't know how far we'll get. Um, but if people have questions around it, and I know I, I even as, even writing this, Beth and I go, oof, 
you know, there's some, there's some pushes and pulls here. There's tension. And, um, and we live in it just like, just like our listeners do, just like our friends uh, bumped into one today that is not doing so well. And it's like, okay, where are your hopes? You know, be really careful that they're not in places that will kill it off and not in places that will be false, um, but are in places that God gives us that are truly hopeful. You know, that's where we want to be in that. And I know this is a big one because, I'm going to be honest, one of my favorite movies coming right up oh. is the movie Elf. Oh. Not going to kid you. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it's huge. I'm serious. I'm it's you. I am so. I'm kind of embarrassed bringing this because it is him. That kind of I am. Uh-huh. And here's why I think Elf has made millions. I'm gonna be honest. It like it came out what 2003. It's right in there, and it's it's awesome. And I'm not gonna lie. I have a friend of mine. Every every Christmas, he 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 sends me a text. Yeah, he texts you too. <laughs> And he'll go, have you watched it yet? That's his first question. And then his second question is, did you did cry? You cry? Oh. <laughs> so I cry at the end of that movie. Like, I bawl at the end of it. I, I just, man, gosh. The tears, I'm serious. My tears go down over my nose and my chin, and I sit there and, and I, do, I, I cry. And I cry because at the end of the movie, Santa's trying to get up in Spoiler the air. Alert. Yeah, Spoiler alert. trying to get up in the air. Well, Spoiler. every everyone's well, seen Elf. I hadn't until I married you. Oh, well. <laughs> we watch the first date. No. Okay, good. <laughs> that would, that would be really cool. Okay, so as long as you give a spoiler alert. All right, now spoiler alert. Here's spoiler alert. So the spoiler goes like. Um, Santa's got to get up in the air to get this thing done. But the way that he gets air, the way he gets lift, the way he gets, is a, what's called the belief meter. There's a belief oh, yeah. meter. Oh, yeah, that's right. So the whole idea is you got to get people to believe, right? That's the whole thing. So, like, Elf deal is, come on. The more you believe it. So as people start to believe in their stories, again, every person out there, this is in Central Park, and the stories go, these people start to get hope. And the more hope they get, the more Santa gets up in the air. I know it sounds so corny, oh, but it's, I love it. it's, it's awesome, okay? I'm serious. Gosh, so I'm kind of torn here between embarrassment and mm. true love. So, <laughs> Getting the visual of Gil ugly crying to that scene is, is I, pretty Oh, awesome. my gosh. It gets me every time because these stories <laughs> of these people and how hard their lives are, and then all of a sudden they start to get like back in the game, you know, and I'm like, oh, they're getting back in the game, and the more they get back in the game, more hope they get, more hope they get, the more the lift on Santa's well, life goes. Yes, and your your redemption, <laughs> Justin. Yeah. He loves redemption stories, so no wonder you cry. <laughs> I do, man. Gosh, I do. I'm almost crying. So anyway, ugh, you guys are gonna make me a mess. <laughs> Hang out with you and Nicole. Like <laughs> that's good. Seriously, Nicole, if you ever come here, we're all hanging out. I'll be balling, I'm sure. <laughs> I'll bring Kleenex and, extra. No, man. no, you really need paper towels for me. I'm a big guy, and so I have big crocodiles here. Like, oh. you know, big time. So you have to have paper towels. I actually do have a roll of paper towels that I, I have when I watch some movies and I cry. So anyway, all I have to say is that <laughs> the 
that movie gets me is because I think, and I think this is true for all of us, I think that we all know that we live in a crap hole um, in a lot of ways. I mean, all you got to do is watch the news, right? All you got to do is watch the news, especially right now. We're talking, you know, we got a 4,000-year-old fight going on in the Middle East, right? It'll never end, right. by the way, until it'll never end until God comes back. So let's just be honest. Um, man, it seems like all the time now there's this fear piece coming in. There's all these things. All I have to realize is that, man, I live in this world. I live in a kingdom called the world, and this kingdom is really, it's not pretty. And so, um, yeah, whenever you, I think people deep down, deep down in our souls, deep down in our guts, in the core of who we are, go, there's got to be more. There's got to be something else. There just does. And if we don't find that, then that's when when it's like, oh, we're screwed. And um, so I think I think there's a big deal here to say, okay, how do we find that? Uh-oh. Well, yeah, if there's if there's um, nothing higher than our own consciousness, we're in trouble. Yeah. Because look at the consciousness that has created how people function in the world. If that's all we got, no wonder there wouldn't be hope. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because when I talk about God to people, sometimes you can tell right away, you know, I've been in groups like this where dudes are in there. It's all a bunch of guys. And we're all a bunch of construction workers and a bunch of dudes that are like, you know, just pissed. And and they, and I'll say I'm a pastor. And they're like, oh, you, you, believe, in that, you believe in that wizard in the sky. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I'm like, awesome, because now we got, now you're real. Now you're being real, you know. You went for it, and you, at the end of it was a big shit stick, and that's what you got, and it's awful, right? Like in life, it's that place where it's like this is all there is, and then there's just nothing but nothing but jaded thinking and jaded living, and it's like, and I go, man, dude, right on. <laughs> you, know, you almost have to get to that place. So, there, so you actually get to the place where you go, I'm so done with this kingdom of the world, and I'm so ready for another way of doing life and seeing life. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can do life differently and still be in the world. Darn straight. Yeah, yeah we're not talking about being um, dead. Pollyanna here. <laughs> or, or dying. You're dying, right. No. Exactly. That's what I want to be. I think we want to be really clear today that what is, what is it if I'm living in the world and I come to that dead end street, give me the signs of that. And so I want to say here's some signs. So we're going to talk about these five hope killers, if you're not careful. And then we're going to talk about a couple of false hopes. And then we're going to talk about another kingdom. There's another kingdom. Jesus said it all the time. The kingdom of God is here. It's here. Didn't mean later. Doesn't mean when you die. It means now. Right now. There's a whole other program going on that you could actually lock into if you want to. If you want to. You don't have to. I mean, I don't tell anybody they got to do it. Jesus never did. God doesn't sit there and go, oh, come on. You know, he goes, here I am. And if you want to receive this kingdom, you can. It's, it's about your heart. <laughs> so there's one, one way, but if you put your heart in this world's kingdom, it's going to be really tough. And so there's five of these hope killers, you know. There's five of them. And, and, and what we mean by that is when you place your heart and when the world woos you into these being your end game. Yeah. yeah. 
So when the world woos you and you go, okay, that's, I'm going for that one, right? And I put my hope in it. And the first one is the world's going to woo you into this place called materialism. It's going to woo you into it if you're not careful. And, then, and I'm telling you, if that's, where you, if that's where your heart ends up, full on in, fully there, then, boy, that could actually kill it. And materialism can, can be that. And, um, you know, Beth and I were talking about, yeah. But. You know, one of the things I was thinking about the hope killers yeah. is that choose people in the world, all of us in the world, we choose to focus that, okay, we're going, we have hope in materialism. We have hope in making a lot of money because we, we lift these things up because we don't want to look inside. We don't want to look at the fact that we feel less than. We don't want to look at the fact that we don't feel worthy of wonderful goodness and great things. We don't want to look at those things. So that require processing and digging deep into your soul and really looking at yourself. We just want something out there to make us hopeful and happy. That's great. You know, so that's what all of those are. That's what all these hope killers are. It's like they're distractions. Yeah, in the end. You know what I mean? Yep, I do. I do. And you can always find out how you're doing with it, you know. I I have a vehicle. And it's I didn't, <laughs> yes. and it's a it's a Volkswagen Atlas, mm-hmm. and uh, I got it uh, two years ago. And Beth, Beth, and I, yep, we got it. Beth, got, Beth, it was a gift from Beth. It was really sweet. And uh, my neighbor, who's kind of a downer, oh, um, I had to park it outside oh. while he oh, was yeah. right. Yeah. Remember this? Yeah. So I parked my vehicle, my my VW Atlas outside and he he calls and he goes hey or you actually texted it to me he goes hey you got to move that whatever that thing is and he goes that bus i'll do a bus i used to really like driving this vw atlas you know i'd be cruising around in it like hey i like the you know it's got good rims on it they're black rims i mean i kind of like my i kind of like it right but now every time every now and then i'm like oh it's a bus looks like a bus and you know you could tell he was not he's like that thing of yours over there <laughs> and uh I'm kind of you know I'm gonna be honest right here kind of got to me and it still does I was thinking about it the other day I'm like oh he called it a bus I'm like I called it that a year ago I still got it in my craw yeah <laughs> but a part of me it's like ah <laughs> and you never told me this before <laughs> yeah well I feel safe around the pole it's like uh-huh. Nicole's I mean yeah, anyway, all I have to say is um, that was a good materialism checker for me mm-hmm. because in the end, that shouldn't, it, it shouldn't have my heart. I don't want it to have a part of my heart, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I want to be like, you can say whatever you want to. I think we have a really nice house. You know what my brother called it when he visited here two years ago already? He goes, well, you live in a cute place. I'm like, it's majestic, my friend. (laughs) I have other words for our house. It's awesome. All these other words, it's it's grandeur. (laughs) We were walking the other day, and I said, Beth, look at our house. It's like the central home of the neighborhood. (laughs) 
<laughs> I get into these. Yeah, I get into these wistful places. Well, but yeah, and that's about right. Yeah. But I don't care where you live. Yeah, I have a buddy of mine. He lives in a mobile home park, and he's like, he's all jealous of this one guy in the mobile home park because he's got got windows and he's got all this stuff, you know. And I'm like, he's going on about it. I'm like, God, you know, get over it. And then I think to myself, well, I I have that same thing in my neighborhood. That I've got this. Well, we have the grandest home, and we, you know, all this. Right. I'm just here's the point. If you put your hope in that stuff, man, it's gonna be really tough for you. And the other thing about that that's really tough from, again, we're talking really about changing your consciousness. That's what all this is about. Hope killers, false hope, and true hope is really about changing your consciousness and your conscious awareness, too. And every time you engage in that type of thinking that you're describing, you're comparing yourself to somebody else. The guy in the mobile home park. Okay, I'm saying, well, he has windows. I don't. Or I'm yeah. saying, oh, well, Jeff's got a nicer car than me. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that's that's comparison. Yeah. And comparison always dashes our hope and makes us suffer. That's right. That's right. Because, you know, I was driving around town. This is kind of funny. But I was driving around town going, dang straight, I got a B-dub Atlas, you oh. know? Ah. And now it's like, ah. You know what I'm saying though? I mean, this, I'm just saying on micro levels, watch right. your heart. No, that's, that's all right. I'm saying. No, it's a really Be good example. Be really careful there. Yeah, it's a really good example. It is. That's an excellent example. You know, and because you, of that, yeah, it seems like something small, but it um, adds to your suffering in the day. Darn straight. And I, I live very aware. So I live very aware. So I can tell right. when I, my heart starts doing this stuff. And so that's why I wrote this one down. I think that be really careful that you have this hope killer, that you have to have a certain house, you have to make a certain amount of money, you have to have a certain title, you have to have all these things. Just be really, really cautious of that. You want to live free of that. God's kingdom does not have that, you know, for any – there's no, like – there's going to be no, like, hey, what what kind of uh, uh, home do I get in heaven? You know what I mean? Like, there's not this whole thing. We're not me lining up going, what's my title going to be here? You know, God's kingdom is just not, it's not about that. And I just, I, and I think that's what I have to say. I got to be really careful that my heart's not attaching to the world. So I'm going to ask our listeners here, okay, how much is your heart attaching to the world in terms of material goods? Just ask. Scale of one to ten. Scale of one to ten. One being, you know what, I'm living very free of what the world tells me my heart needs to attach to when it comes to money and things like that. And I in my kind of car I drive, the kind of home I live in, all those kind of things. Where am I in the, in the comparison game? And if it's high, then that's going to be towards the ten end. No fives allowed. You can't say, well, I'm kind of in the world and I'm kind of in the kingdom of God. No, it's like, well, where are you with this? For real, where are you with this one? That's because it could be a hope killer. It could actually take your heart out. Be really careful. Second hope killer is the perfect hookup. It is going to give you some stats okay currently there are over 8,000 dating websites and apps worldwide over 8,000 of them making 5.61 billion dollars in revenue off of us through this 366 million people who are plugged in looking to connect with their perfect match okay 
all current, right there. 8,000 dating websites, 5.61 billion in revenue through 366 million people worldwide. 25% of the people on these sites aren't really looking for a commitment. They're cool with just hooking up. But 75% actually want something deeper. They want something more sustainable. They want something that actually matters. Big deal. 75% of these folks find at least a six-month commitment and 14% end up getting hitched. I'm sorry, 35% find at least a six-month commitment, and 14% end up getting married. People looking for love so much, get this, that they were scammed for $304 million in 2020 by people who were posing as someone who was real, but who just scammed them out of money. And I actually have a friend. Me too. Oh. This this woman got on one, and she got she got on there, and, she, and this guy she hooked up with him, and man, he was a smooth. He was from England. He was in um, Colorado, and he he got her. He said he needed twenty five thousand dollars for from her, so that he could come to the U.S. to see her and get married. But he had just lost his job, and he was down and out a little bit, and he needed 25 k She sent it to him. Oh, heck, yeah, she did. Yeah, I have the same thing. My uh, male friend of mine did the same thing. He sent a ton of money to a woman in uh, South Africa. Yeah, she said she was going to come and see him with the money. Yeah. Of course, that never happened. Yeah, I mean, if you're objective, right, you see this thing really clearly, but if your heart has hitched to the world kingdom that says that has to happen for me, then you're willing to do it. So, I mean, seriously, look at this. So her friend tells her, don't do it, don't do it. She sends the 25000 literally shows up at the airport to pick him up. Mm. He had all the flights down and everything. He had, he had it so she could get online and see him and, you know. So she shows up at the airport and he doesn't. He never shows She's out $25,000. And to this day, she still thinks there was something there that was real. Mm-mm. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just going to put this out there, okay? And it's just ask, ask yourself, how in deep am I believing that this perfect match is going to bring everything I've ever wanted. I I would say I grew up in a home that did Christmas. And I could barely sleep. My parents would have to tell me, you better go to bed because if you don't, Santa knows it. And then, you know, (laughs) or I wouldn't have slept. And um, (laughs) and I'm just, I was saying, so there was something about Christmas and those presents that hooked me. And I and and I, I think this. I think people, and I'll put myself in there. It's not, you know. I think people really believe that Christmas can be theirs if they get this perfect match. That they're going to open this present, whatever it is. They're going to open it, and it's going to be right there for them. And it becomes a hope killer because in the end, it'll never mm-hmm. satisfy anyway. Yeah. Fully. God didn't make my heart to do that. This side of heaven. He, now he has good, good things. I love being married to you. You know, and all that. But in yeah, the end, yeah, yeah. 
in the end. Our Not hearts. The same. No. So just ask yourself, how am I dealing with that? That perfect hookup idea. Well, and the other thing that goes along with that is the perfect body. You know, if you looked at all those statistics you just gave for dating websites, mm-hmm. just think about how much people spend on um, spending money to get the perfect body. Um, you know, that that's a huge industry as well. Yeah, I, I always wonder this, okay? And anybody that knows me, Nicole knows that I've never had um, any plastic surgery because you can tell right away. And um, <laughs> just putting, um, <laughs> yeah, there's no one swimming pool on that, right? So, um, but I always wonder mm-hmm. that if I were to get one thing done, let's just say, <laughs> okay, would that be enough? Of course not. I I think knowing me and I know me on this, if I did one thing, mm-hmm. I'd be like, dang, I'm going back for more. <laughs> I think I would. I think I'd look like Kenny Rogers by the time it was done. I'd have like, I'd have my, I'd have these like, I, hey, they probably wouldn't be able to talk, and my lips would be huge. I'm like, what's going on? I would. You're waking up our dog. No. <laughs> <laughs> but serious, I know our dog. We always have to take her to therapy when we're done with this show. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm serious. I go, well, I think because I always I'll, I'll watch a show with some girl or whatever it would be, and she's got like I don't know, she just looks like a balloon, and I'll think to myself, yeah, what a balloon mess, right? And then I'll think, and then I'll I'll be like, what in the world? She just couldn't stop, and I get really judgy. And I'll and tell then, you what, and it is equal opportunity because men are doing it now. Too. I know. I'm just saying if I, I get judgy, yeah. but then I go, huh, if I started, I'd never end, too. I'd be a big balloon at the end. <laughs> My eyes would be shut. I'd look like a weirdo. <laughs> I just know me. you <laughs> You see Gil's face when he's doing this. It's hilarious. Well, you know what I mean. If you see the faces of these people, their cheekbones, now they're up over their eyebrows. They cannot (laughs) make a facial expression because it's all too tightened up. And, Nicole, if you've had any – I'm sorry if you've had any plastic surgery. I want to say I I applaud the people. (laughs) None whatsoever. Good God. Okay. (laughs) If you – I want to say if you – if you can stop at one, you're my hero. <laughs> I'm serious. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, how did you do that? I, this is why, man, I don't even start gambling. I don't, do, I don't start anything because I would never be able to end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Blue. Hey. But why are you saying Have balloon? you ever seen people with Why, all why are you stuff? saying balloon? Because their faces are so tight. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> like Mr. Potato Head. Like a helium balloon. Yeah. It's so tight. Like, like I see. that's why they're tight. Oh, no. their, eye, their, eyeball, their eyes are like, look like they went all Asian, and then they get the big lips, and then their cheekbones are over their eyebrows. I just go, that's a balloon. <laughs> hey, balloon guy. 
I, I would be oh, balloon. I'm yeah, saying yeah. I would be balloon guy. I'm not ripping people. I'm saying I get it. You give me the perfect lips, I might be like, hey, check my check my lips. And then I'd be like, oh, I gotta get my eyes done and my cheekbones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then it's that. Well, you're putting your hope in that. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be never ending. Just saying, be really careful of that stuff because it is, man. It'll kill you. It's, it's a hope killer in the end. You remind me of Guy Finley the first time I heard one of his talks. Yeah. His spiritual teacher. And he said, he changed his voice when he did it too. And he goes, I want to have some six pack abs. <laughs> <laughs> so about, you know, putting hope in six pack abs. Well, we all. Yeah, so he changed his voice too. So there must be something about that. Uh, well, yeah, because guys, because guys are thinking, hey, like don't I think every guy, right? Hey, yo, like when I see dudes on TV that are hot, I'm like, hey, what's that guy? Like I, that's how I think I talk if I look like that, you know? What's up, ladies? You're funny. I'd be like Anchorman, mm-hmm. Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I'd be like, mm. yes, my office smells like mahogany. Mm-hmm. Um. That's why we change, right? That's why we change. And seriously, we all have a six-pack, just some people can see it. Mm-hmm. And mine's just nicely covered under a nice big blanket. <laughs> a big That's why when I eat cake, I'm like, mmm, my six-pack is like, thank you for another blanket. Okay. All right, anyway, here we go. And uh, Nicole's like, no one listens to your show because you guys are goofy. Anyway, I'll go. You know, you actually but, have a... Couple callers on the line. God only knows right. what they want to say at this point, but it's up to you if you want to take a call. <laughs> no, Beth is ready. If they're angry at me, just I would be balloon faced too. All right, you want me to turn the call on? Okay. Last warning. Okay, here we go. Uh, international caller, you're first. I think it's Bob from Australia. Other caller, unless I'm finally oh, wrong. Hey, good day, Nicole. Good day, Bethany. Hey, how are you? Hey, good to hear you. Yeah, yeah. Um, love what you're sharing. Um, uh, don't really have a question, but I've, uh, I just like to add my spice to the cake about um, uh, how can I put it? For me, I live in heart space, not head space, um, yeah. and. Uh, oh. Yeah. And um, please let me finish. <laughs> there's, there's a bit of time delay because of the the, the distance. And um, oh. for me, um, for me, hope is also almost. How can I put it? For me, hope is for victims. For me, the kingdom of heaven resides in each of us, each and every one of us. And so, the where I'm coming from is. Um, I am master and commander of this life that I do create, and I take full responsibility for it. So my mm-hmm. life is awesome because I, um, I create it that way. And um, within the silence of my heart, I found a place I call my knowing, and my knowing has no words. It's just that it's in that space that I connect to source or creation or God, and it's an amazing place to be. And I really agree with what you said about uh, materialism. Um, yeah, uh, in 2017, I, I was living on my boat, 
I lived on my boat for eight years in Viney Bay. And that was all that I had, apart from an old uh, four-wheel drive. And Cyclone Debbie came along and she uh, she picked it up, picked up my boat and threw it at the land. And so in one fell swoop, I, I lost everything. And people are going, oh, Bob, you lost, you know, you lost your home, you lost your photographs, you lost all this sort of stuff. But on the Saturday, as the winds were building up and I couldn't shift the boat into the marina, um, I just grabbed my two dogs and my sense of humor, got in the dinghy and went ashore. And then I was just blown away, literally, <laughs> by witnessing Mother Nature at a at a strongest. We had winds of over 400 kilometers an hour, and she sat on us for a day. Um, but all these people saying, Bob, you've lost everything. And looking back, I thought, well, this event has occurred in my life that I create. What is the lesson I need to learn from this event? And it was to simply let go of the attachment to things. Mm-hmm. So I, I reckon I paid a fair price for learning that lesson. And now, um, <laughs> a few years down the track, I'm living in a, an old caravan that cost me 400 bucks under a mango tree. Um, I have no debt. I have things in my life and I appreciate them. Um, being an engineer, you know, I have tools and I appreci- appreciate their facility um, and what I can um, use them for but yeah um, how can I put it for me life is really really simple now my body always knows what it needs all I have to do is listen and obey I Mm -hmm. live by I live by the kiss principle keep it simple sovereign because we are all sovereign and the other principle is my sue principle which is we are all sovereign, unique, and equal, and everything else flows from that. So for me, yep. there's only there's only one law, and that's do no harm, and I've only got one right, and that's the right of self-determination. And that's how beautiful my life is. <laughs> and if I can do it, anybody can. Hey, keep it simple, sovereign. Yeah. <laughs> Good on you. Um, Good on you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Awesome. You're awesome. welcome. Share thank you. I don't know what's going on, but we got tons of callers on the board suddenly. So <laughs> wherever you want to flow to next, uh, did you want another caller or give it the flu? Yeah, let me, yes, we do. But hold on one, one second, Nicole. Just want to want to say to Bob, um, thank you. Uh, love the heart space comment. Love the fact that he takes ownership um, of of his life and I you know love the fact that he can say on the materialism side of things he had to learn the hard way but did um, that he's free of, mm-hmm. of these things and I think that's the key um, if you find your heart um, it's not a bad you're not a bad person if your heart leans into these hope killers we're talking about I mean that's normal um, the, the the key is to say I want more freedom from this and then how to, and then we're going to talk about later here about how to get there. But just want to put that out there. So um, thank mm-hmm. you, Bob. And um, yeah, we're up for another caller. All right. Let's see what's cooking on line two. 203, you're live with Beth and Gil. What's your first name? Where are you calling hey. in from? Hi, it's Pat from Connecticut. Um, I think hey, that's the first time. 
Hi, hi. Um, I think I'm a first-time caller, so I'm not familiar with what you do. Okay. <laughs> what is that the question? I'm not sure. Is that your question, Pat? Well, I mean, what do you do? Can I ask you? Uh, I'm not sure what you do. Um, uh, oftentimes, you I can get read any question, and we'll tell you if we're qualified or not to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah. Well. I could use some words on, um, I guess, ending a relationship that, I don't know, it, the whole thing was a gift. All the struggles were a gift. Um, I ended it abruptly. Uh, well, actually, I knew intuitively that this was a karmic connection. And because of that, I stayed away from the facts of, not being treated well, oh. yeah. and I just oh. kept, you know, I, I think I really hoped that this um, story would bleed through into his consciousness, and so I kept, you know, giving him the benefit of the doubt, and finally, literally, last night, I realized I'm done. There's nothing left in me to keep giving to him, mm-hmm. um, yep. so yep. I feel you know, free, and I'm so glad I bounced back much better than I thought I would. Um, it's and, and I said to my therapist today, it may be my ego talking, but I don't think so. I think I have an intuition. Sometimes I feel like I'm above the world looking down at a situation. Yeah. With all enthusiasm, I want to go ahead and have a relationship, whether it's friendship or whatever. And I find out that others sorry about that others are not seeing it and I try and wait and wait and clearly they'll never see it so I come back to these rules of this world not so happy with that but that's the way it is and um, I think I think my therapist today was putting me in the category of women who are trying to change men and I said no it's not that it's, it's that I want someday I want what I see the potential. And he said, okay, all right, then I get you're being, you know, realistic. Um, so that's it. That's kind of where I'm at. Well, stay, and stay here for a second. I just, you were asking what we did. So I just want to be, so Beth is a global therapist and healer and I build, you know, spiritual communities. So just so you know, as a, as a, um, two people here that, that do a lot with helping people heal, um, yeah. And helping move through things. I think that we, and Beth just, Beth is a muscle tester as well. She can mm-hmm. test and she, her first, you want to say what you said? I just love how you. What did I, I, what did I say to you? Well, she, she was, the, the first thing her therapist said to her. Oh, yeah. Which I'm sure your therapist is great. But I think the first thing was, well, you're just. And trying I, you to change know, men? Yeah, you're trying yeah, to. No, yeah, that's not true. And just wanted to let you know. Yeah. No, but yeah, that's not, that's not true. Right. I think you know that about yourself. That That's not, that's not true. Right. That's not like. Right. Yeah. 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 To him, when I'm kind of in this other world and see this potential, I said, I want to bring it to the person. I want to share it. I want to experience it. And I've yet to do that, you know. Um, So he understood that. Um, The other thing that happened was 
I had a, a channel reading where I was asking for a higher reading, and Archangel Michael came through and talked about my father. And I said, oh, come on, you know, this is mundane. I've been through this over and over. I forgive him. I forgive him, blah, blah, blah. And Archangel Michael said, no, you still need to, to deal with this. And I realized, oh, my God, of course, this man is just like my father. He doesn't communicate. So, uh-huh. okay, so here's a gift. And I said to my therapist, I have never picked a, ma- a man like this. Oh, I never picked a man like my father. I said, I married my mother. He said, well, okay, so here you are. Now it's time to work on your father. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. But, you know, Pat, don't you think, I mean, I think you would agree with this, that everything happens in perfect divine timing for our highest good for healing. I I believe that. And, you know, I think that the relationships we seek out are those that help us heal old, deep wounds that we typically, you know, aren't even conscious of that they still exist, those wounds. Still, you know, heal that old wound by choosing the person that we do. And then I think, you know, like you're saying on with your therapist too, as you work on those things, then you get to the place where you're choosing someone from, you know, a different place instead of from woundedness. Yeah, and everything, it all happens so fast. I I recognize this and heal it immediately. I'm in such a better place that I'm healing everything so fast. I think what's left, and I, I said to my therapist today, you know, I've had this intuition all along about, you know, this he's not treating me, and I wanted to ignore it um, and hope for the, you know, the, the other stuff coming through. I, but what I'm left with, and I said to my therapist, I, my intuition has been right about everything. I'm left feeling that he didn't respect me, that he was maybe right. doing a cut job. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. How long were you with him, Pat? Very short time. As a matter of fact, I think the last spring eclipse to literally the 14th eclipse. And I, I was supposed to be with him that night, and he just, he didn't come through, So, which is interesting. It is. So, Pat, um, thank you for your call. And, Nicole, when, when um, Pat hangs up here, can she still, she can still, I just want to, want to say one thing to you, Pat, after you hang up. Um, and that is, I want to be just, I think both of us just want to say, hey, um, breakups are really hard. And for you to be able to um, sense the timing of that, I just want to say, like, that's really courageous. And I think it's also, obviously, an intuition. It's more, it's more nuanced. And a lot of people look at relationships as very binary, right? It's like either good, bad, you know, you're good, he's bad. It's always this, you know, and, and they're not that cut and dry. And so I just want to say, you know, good for you. And good for you to be able to say, okay, this was the timing that needed to happen to say um, goodbye. And here's the things I learned from it. Here's where I'll need to heal from this. Um, I want to present myself if and when there's another relationship that's coming along that I'm, um, yeah, that I can say, wow, I really uh, grew with this. I developed through this. So lots of courage to do that. Don't normally hear people that say, you know, I stayed in a relationship that um, I had hope for and, it didn't. It didn't go the way I wanted it to go, but I knew when I was ready to say um, goodbye. So, lots of encouragement for you um, in that. 
and really, really appreciate that you called. Nicole, anybody else? Uh, okay, let me see here. Let's go to 480, 480. Oh, oh it's really, okay, 480 is in a wind tunnel. That's not going to work. <laughs> and you've oh. actually got, we're down to nine hours, or nine hours. <laughs> Freudian slip, nine minutes you to the talk. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can keep going. <laughs> All righty. But, Nicole, we understand nine hours. We're in. Just let oh. us know when that show starts. <laughs> we probably have enough to copy on. In our culture, I think not only is there this peace, this, you know, as we go back to these hope killers, if my heart begins to lose freedom, right, in the area of materialism, relationships, being able to find that perfect person. There's another hope killer that I think we pick up in our culture, and it can be, I think, in a lot of spiritual communities, and that's this idea of the ability to have children. Hmm. Um, and I, I have friends of mine that um, are awesome. Matter of fact, he, he married. He did the wedding ceremony for Beth and I. And um, they are just wonderful, wonderful. And they don't have kids. And they're in, in their, yeah, in their um, late 60s. And I said something to them that was, I, I said something like, I love it that you guys have the freedom to go around, you know, the world. They're, they're incredible folks. They have impact. Um, you know, they help build communities over in Afghanistan, other places. They're just incredible. And I, I kind of encouraged him around the fact they don't have kids. And he looked at me and he goes, man, that is so rare to hear that. Oh. And uh, he said, you know, my wife and I tend to hide that. Oh. Um, oh, wow. from people because of the um, kind of what it brings up for others, you know? And they don't, and if they say that, and they're deeply spiritual people. Um, so in these spiritual communities, the feedback is always, well, what's wrong? Hmm. Why didn't you have children? And his, he's, he just said, we chose not to. We chose not to have children. Here's why. And it's awesome. And yet in the spiritual community that he's in, the community, it, it's, it's viewed as a, huh? Yeah. You know, because it's, people have hopes in that so much, and they kind of tie worth a lot of times to their kids. And I mean, I have X amount of grandchildren. I have all, you know, and I'm always like, no, no one asks, but okay. Um, uh, it's a big, it's, there's just, I just think there's a ton of shame in our culture, cultures, if you're unable to have children or you don't want to, feel like that's not the way you want it, it's your life. And then those of us who do have children then are very jealous of those who aren't. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, yeah. yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, there's that. I know for me, I just see whether you have, and I know God views it the same way, whether you have children or not, you are, you are blessed and you're wonderful. And when Bob said to me, um, my friend said to me, hey, I don't hear that very often. It just kind of, it kind of just moved my heart a little. And I just, you know, I just want to say um, to our listeners, you know, um, if you don't have children, God absolutely loves you and adores you and has his arms wrapped around you. And there is no sense of shame coming, um, from God in that. 
um, so in your heart space, you know, in that way, right? In your heart space, give yourself a break. A big one. Um, I just know that that's a big. I just know that's a big deal. And, and, and yeah. in spiritual communities, we really we use terms like, "Oh, they don't have children." No, she's barren. Yeah. And I just want to yeah. go. That word from like. Isn't that word from like three thousand years ago in in Israel? <laughs> that word barren. And yet we we use that we use terms that are I think are highly um, can be really toxic for people that are listening that don't have children. So mm-hmm. just, I don't know I, I think yeah. that can be a hope for people. And if they don't have children, then they're like my friend said, you know, they get mm-hmm. judged a lot in those communities. And so I just huh. wanted to put that out there. Well, I think that um, a lot of times when people don't do what they really want to do in their own life. They put so much on having children so that their children can fulfill what they didn't do in their own life. Like they, like it helps them have hope for, you know, their next generation versus just doing it, doing what they really want to do themselves. Um, I see that with a lot of my friends. I, I don't have biological children, and to be honest with you, I'm really glad that I don't. Um, I feel sorry for people that do because I've gotten to live my life how I wanted to. Um, and there's been a lot of hard times, but but um, that is, has not been a factor. Um, look at, we were talking with someone yesterday, and he's a brilliant surgeon, and he saves people's lives every day. What's his number one concern? How his wife and daughter don't get along, and yeah. she's 11, yeah. and that is weighing this guy down. Um, so, you know, I kind of think that I hit the lottery um, by not having biological kids, but I do think a big reason why is because we don't take care of ourselves and what our passion is, what our divine path is, what we're called to be. So it's like, oh, I'll just have kids and then they'll do it for me. Um, I think there's a lot of that in our culture that people don't like talking about. Um, That, you know what, you don't have to have kids to fulfill your passion, your dreams, your divine path, and what you're here for to transform yourself and then if you happen to have kids like our vet does awesome because then she teaches the lessons that she's working on to her daughter you know because she's a pretty conscious person and she's working on that all the time you know so i think i don't know that's just my two cents on that one yeah i i just want to encourage you yeah i just want to just a lot of encouragement there and yeah beth beth um I remember when you told me that you didn't have kids, you know, and it, to me it was like I do. They're just not my yeah, biological, kids. right? Yeah. But I just remember just thinking, I don't know, it's just never been a thing for me, and I'm that, that's a part of me. And I'm glad I didn't grow up in some ways in a community that that was a big yeah thing. And it was, it's funny because my um, I think I'd be exiting that community. Well, yeah, well, no, because it, you would feel that they would want you to feel they would, and I don't know if they, you know, I just think there would be that feeling of some shame. My, my um, oldest yeah. about a year ago or so said to me, um, I, I have two boys and two girls in biological. <laughs> and he said, hey, um, my brother and I were talking, uh, and uh, neither of us right now uh, thinks that we're going to you know, want to have kids. And then he said, but we're really concerned that you're going to be upset. Oh, your son said that? Yeah, that yeah. you're going to be upset that we're not, I love this, oh. carrying on the family name. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, man, what would have ever given <laughs> you the idea? Yeah. 
that that ever crossed my mind. Um, I'm like, man, that's the last thing I'd ever. I just, I am. That's where I could check my heart and say I'm free of that one, because that's not a hope. I didn't have a hope that that my but this name, the family name, would continue on. Um. It just never was my hope. So I just want to put this out there to people. You know, if that's something that you're going, man, I have to have that in my life to feel like I'm valued. These are the things. Materialism, yeah. perfect yeah. hookup, uh, perfect having body. these kids, yeah, the perfect body, having a, we throw our hopes into places. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. So check, check your heart. It was wonderful for me to look at my son and go, you can sleep well tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Need to worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we have we have more, and we know we got to go. So, um, so does this? I don't know. We always get to the shameless self promotion piece. I love it when we when we're doing the show. I love Pat. Pat in Connecticut. Thank you, other Pat. I don't know what you guys do. <laughs> I don't blame her. I don't blame her. She's probably like, all right, we've got a really smart woman and a goofball next to her. So that's probably how that goes. Um, I am a professional goofball, Pat, and uh, I perfected it. I got I to gotta be honest. Come on down from Connecticut to Sarasota, Florida. Watch a little elf with us here. <laughs> I'll wear the elf outfit. And um, <laughs> a hot Do you actually wear the elf outfit? <laughs> now we have to know. <laughs> If I can find a six six outfit, I'll wear it. We'll take pictures, put it on your website. I'm just serious, Nicole. I love to send a picture. I'll go find. I promise you, if I find it, I will look for it. I will find an elf costume and I will and throw us on that website. I'm in. Okay, good. Ask and you shall receive. <laughs> it's coming. I know it. All right. Same as this emotion. Let's do it. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Well, check us out at besthealingsolutions.com. Um, oh, gosh. Sorry. Somebody tried calling in. Um, check us out at besthealingsolutions.com because um, – I myself train people and train practitioners around the world to help remote energy medicine for people for all kinds of issues like chronic pain, chronic illness, also things that dash one's hopes, and uh, relationship issues, depression, panic attacks, you name it, recover it. So um, I'm training some new people. I've got four uh, wonderful women that I'm training more tomorrow uh, that will be joining our team as well. So it's a movement. And uh, it's remote energy medicine. It works like a charm. And then you have the spiritual voice of wisdom over here in Gil, and he does sessions too, especially with men. And I'll actually be, I'll be speaking this weekend uh, at a church down in Naples. So come hang in Naples, Florida with me. <laughs> and, uh, and I do that. I help spiritual communities take next steps and grow because that's, mm-hmm. in my mind, that's the hope of the world is – is uh, that piece. So I'm speaking in Naples, Florida this weekend, and if you want to know more about that, just email me and come and hang out with Beth and I. That's where we'll be. There you have it. There you go. That was pretty good. 
That's what they do. And they're all linked up at newsforthesoul.com and back on the first Friday of, can you believe it's November almost already? What the heck? And we will see you there. Two weeks. We'll count the days. Love you, Nicole. (laughs) Love you, more. All right. Be well. And that's Beth and Gail all linked up at newsforthesoul.com. We're back with more momentarily. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to News for the Soul. 